Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. We are back in the Green Zone with Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. The thought of retirement seems nice, but just as you have to work hard to get there, you also need to plan. I'm Patrice Sikora, and Jeff and Lauren will outline retirement planning that can make all the difference when it comes to taxes. But now why is that so important, guys? Well, the good news here is that people are entering retirement with substantial amount of monies these days. The markets have been good. Retirement plans are good. Uh, you have companies matching in many uh, instances their retirement accounts uh, or their 401ks anyway. Mm -hmm. So that part's good. The problem is the rules about taking distributions from those accounts are very complex. They're not well understood and they're continuously changing. I'll give you an example. Lauren and I, Lauren in particular, likes to follow you know, other advisors' newsletters and things like that, kind of see what they're putting out. And she she sent one to me the <laughs> other day. She goes, hey, take a look at this. Does anything stick out to you? Well, I mean, it was a, this guy holds himself out as a retirement planner. Mm -hmm. So, you know, their expertise, like ours, is retirement planning. So, And <laughs> one of his main things in there was when RMD start required minimum distributions, when do they start? And his he said it was, it was in, in the bold subject, letters. subject of that, you know, of the email, what's important to know about age 70 and a half in retirement. Yeah. The problem with that is it's no longer age 70 and a half. It's uh -huh. age 72 when re required minimum distributions, required minimum distributions begin. So even advisors are not getting this right. And it's very, very important to make sure we're understand because as a result, retirees are paying substantially more in taxes than they need to be, uh, which is a shame because a lot of these could be uh, avoided or reduced with proper planning. So in fact, RMDs, if you don't know, have been waived for 2020 as part of the Coronavirus Stimulus Act. Right. Uh, but again, we'll resume in 21. And an RMD, for those that don't know, is the required amount that you have to take out of your IRA and then pay taxes on once you hit age 72. So at 72, look at the value of your IRA, life expectancy. There's a bunch of calculations that go in there and you're told, okay, hey, got a million dollar IRA. I have to take out X amount this year. Next year's could be more, could be less, but that year you have to take that out or face penalties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a client call in yesterday, said, Hey Jeff, I you know, need to talk to you about my RMDs. I got to hurry up and get it out this year. And I was like, well, her name's <laughs> Evelyn. I won't go into last names. And, and we'd been already notified all of our clients and I, so they don't always see what we send out, but she called in and said, Hey, I want my need, need my RMD. I said, Evelyn, uh, you know, you don't have to take that RMD this year. She goes, oh my God, I don't. And it was a certain amount of money. She goes, no, Evelyn, you, you don't have to take that if you don't want. It's waived for this year. She goes, oh my God, that's so good. She goes, well, I, I need to cover some taxes, some property taxes I think she need to cover. She goes, Do, can I take some out? I said, well, you can take out whatever you want. You just don't have to take it out this year. Mm -hmm. And she was very excited. She took about half the amount that she would have normally been forced to take by the government. So again, helped our clients out save them a little taxes to take what they need to do and, and they go forward. All right. Now you have outlined four stages of retirement. Tell me about the first one. Yeah. So we consider really four primary stages of retirement. 
And the first one I would call the pre-retirement. That's in the 40s and 50s. And here's where the planning begins. You got to create a plan to take advantage of your tax deferral opportunities. And I, I would say this is where the first planning begins because you, at, at retirement, you're not really going to know at this stage how much monies you're going to need to sustain. So what we try to do here is just maximize all of the opportunities that we have to save and begin that plan. So your employer, uh, if your employers, and by the way, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks are great strategies to take advantage of. And if yes. you know, about 50% of the plan sponsors out there offers both a regular 401k and a Roth 401k. So on the Roth yes. for Go yeah, ahead. I was say, why don't you just review the difference between the two? Yeah. So in the traditional 401k, your, your assets are going to be put away tax deferred and they're going to be put away pre-tax. So you won't be paying monies on, or you won't be paying taxes on, on a traditional 401k. On a Roth 401k, you're going to pay the taxes up front. Then you're going to put the assets in your Roth 401k. In both instances, they grow tax deferred. The difference is when you pay the taxes and how the money comes out. So in the traditional 401k, we're, we're not paying taxes. That rolls to a traditional RIA. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> IRA. IRA. Thank you. You know, I come from the military. You'd think I'd get my acronyms down. <laughs> um, but anyway, so when you pull monies out of that traditional IRA, the, then those monies become taxed as ordinary income. And the traditional IRA is the IRA that's subject to the required minimum distributions once you hit age 72. Correct. And so then on the Roth IRA, remember we paid our taxes up front. So when we make withdrawals out of that Roth IRA, or, or you know the Roth 401k, Roth IRA, those withdrawals are not subject to taxation. And another difference with the two is, you know, how they're left behind to heirs. A traditional IRA is left to heirs and can be taxed and will be taxed to them once they make distributions, whereas a Roth is not taxed to them. So, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into what type of account and Roth versus traditional. Yeah. By the way, uh, just so that everyone out there knows your annual contributions into uh, qualified retirement plans for 2020 is $19,500 plus $6,500 more um, if you're over the age of 50. And the deadline for making those? December 31. Okay. So again, uh, during you know this early stage, you want to diversify your assets. We have a lot of clients, you know, we work with a lot of oil and gas professionals and many buy their company stock as well. They should, it's done very well for them. And there's, there's pros and cons to that. A concentrated equity position can make you very wealthy as long as that concentrated equity position is going up. Because when it comes down, like it has done in many instances in the energy sector, it, it can put a strain on a, on a portfolio. So again, we continuously, now many of our clients continue to maintain their concentrated equity position in their employer stock. And again, it's good and bad right now. It's not so good for many of them because they have the energy sector is not doing well. Right. 
Uh, and, but that is a very cyclical thing. And, you know, as long as our clients are not relying on that, that concentrated equity position to maintain their lifestyle, then we really don't have a problem with it. Uh, it's just that it's going to affect the value of your net worth on a, on a, you know, it could be on a drastic basis, depending on the movement of that one equity. Mm -hmm. And also depending on where you are in your career. Absolutely. So again, that's something to consider mainly during the early retirement years. I would recommend diversification over concentration. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a less risky play. So then you go into the, uh, your, what we consider early retirement, which is early sixties. And that's where you create a distribution optimization strategy. And I will tell you, Lauren Smith is one of the best I know at doing this. And she literally, when she creates a distribution optimization strategy, really a, a cash flow analysis, I, I see instances where she can show clients how to save a lot of money in taxes. I think I, I, I threw out a number here on this podcast once and compliance did not like that, <laughs> but it was a fact. I mean, I, you know, I'm sorry. A fact is a fact. Uh, but so all I'll say is due to compliance, there's ways, to any <laughs> there's ways to save substantial amounts of money in taxes if you have the correct optimization strategy. And I mean, there's just, you... there's just so many moving pieces and there's so many different types of accounts you can have. Everybody's situation's different. Some people have annuities. Some people have, you know, a large amount sitting in a checking account. Some people have Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs. There's so many different areas to pull money from each having its own taxable consequence. So each year you want to make sure that you're getting the amount you need to live on while also minimizing your taxes as best you can, while also projecting down the line later in the future to make sure you're not doing something today that's going to create huge taxable consequences for you later on in life or for your heirs, beneficiaries. You know, there's so many each year, you know, you've got 365 days to put this puzzle together and pull out from the right areas that benefit you that year. And then also, you know, starting in your sixties, you have the opportunity to start social security. Um, I just had this conversation with my parents because they just started at 66 and their, which is their full retirement age and they're both still working. So as at 66, you can still work and not give back any social security. But, you know, I had a long conversation with them and I elaborate on that. Let's let, let, let the listeners know uh, okay. what happens with when, if you're taking social security while you're continuing continuous work, if you have a certain amount of earned income, if you have a certain amount of earned income prior to your full retirement age, so 62 until 66, 67, depends on your age, the full retirement age differs. But if you take social security before you've reached that age, if you have over a certain amount of earned income, you will be forced to give back certain portions of your social security. Yeah. And it's a pretty low number. I don't have the number off the top of my head. I think it's around 17,500. Yeah. It changes each year. Does that go back to you for later use or do you just lose that? You just lose it. And then you've locked in now your, the amount, you know, one, if you take it at 62, you get $2,000 a month. You have locked, that's an example. You locked in that number now. But if you wait till 66, you get a higher amount. It rolls up about 8% each year as you delay up until age 70. Lauren, do you have to take Social Security at that age? And you know, I guess the big thing with Social Security is it is different for everybody. For some people, it makes sense to take it as early as possible, right when you hit 62. For others, it makes sense to delay. And for something that can make up 
such a large portion potentially of your retirement income, you want to make sure that you do a really in-depth social security analysis, really look at the benefits of the timing, which you're taking it, you know, your longevity comes into play. There's a lot of different factors. So one thing, you know, definitely at age 60, start planning for social security, get a plan, get a strategy. You can always adapt if things come along, but definitely a really, really critical part of retirement. And I'll throw it here just because we're talking a lot about taxes. So compliance is listening. So compliance cops understand we are not tax advisors. Always consult your tax advisor when talking about tax stuff. So another really key strategy that comes into play in the early 60s, early um, early retirement and into mid-retirement are Roth conversions. So once you hit age 59 and a half, you're able to take money out of your IRA penalty-free. And so from 59 and a half to 72, when those required minimum distributions hit for the IRA, those are really the years that you decide how much comes out. You're able to take out without penalty. You're able to choose how much you want to take out. You know, for some people, that number is determined by how much they need to live on. But for others, maybe you have some money in the bank account. So you can live off of that and pull out of your IRA and do some Roth conversions. And what a Roth conversion is, is basically taking money out of your traditional IRA, paying your taxes on it that year, and then converting it to a Roth. Once it's in the Roth, it then grows tax-free and tax-deferred up until the time you choose to take it out or until the time you leave it to your heirs. So gives this money, instead of growing in an IRA where it will have to come out and pay income tax, it's now growing in a much more tax-preferable way. Yeah. And it goes back to the distribution part of that. Right. I mean, uh, you know, if we, if we, if you pay, and here's something that we stress to our clients right now, historically we are in a, a low tax margin environment. That's none of us like paying these taxes, but historically our taxes are relatively low. And if we're going to be taking advantage of Roth conversions, then now's a good time to be doing that. Now's a good time to be talking to your advisor, your tax advisor about Roth conversions, because you are in a, you are in a good tax environment to be doing that. We oftentimes will look at our clients income for the year. So let's say they're in the 32% bracket, but they've got about $25,000 more room to go to stay in that bracket. Well, we may suggest, hey, why don't you consider, if it's right for you, consider converting that $25,000 under the 32% tax bracket into a Roth IRA. That way we stay in within a certain bracket, we've made a conversion, and now that $25,000 is going to grow for us tax deferred. And after we meet certain requirements, like staying five years in a Roth IRA, ultimately we get to withdraw that $25,000 tax-free. And it can just be a great strategy for planning also, because you don't know what's going to happen in the later years. If all of your assets are in an IRA and something catastrophic happens in a later year of retirement and you have to pull out money, if you have a little cushion with your Roth, that could potentially be tax-free money. So you're not having to take all of the money out of the IRA and pay income taxes on it in one year. That makes sense. So moving on to the middle retirement years, years, what I call the mid sixties up to age 72, 
where RMDs begin. Again, you're going to focus in on social security here. Like Lauren said, this is where you're really going to consider when am I going to take it? And we do a very in-depth analysis with our clients about when it's best for them. Social security is probably one of the biggest questions our clients ask, when do I take it? And it's the answer really is different for everybody. So it because it has, it has to do with when you take that, so it has to do with how much money we're pulling out of our portfolio to meet our lifestyle needs versus how much social security is going to be paying us. And is that social security going to be taxed? Are we working? It has to do with our age, how much money social security will be paying us between the different stages that social security looks at. And so it, we have to factor in all of these things when considering when to take social security. So that's one of the things we help our clients out with uh, a, a great deal. You know, one of the first things we mentioned was planning, you know, early forties, never too soon to start, but each planning needs to really be incorporated in every stage of retirement. Each year you need to be meeting with your advisor, looking at where you are. It's not a one size fits all at age 40. You decide I'm going to do $25,000 Roth conversions every year until I'm 72 that's not how it works. Each year things change and your situation changes and accounts change and returns change and tax laws could potentially change. So you really want to make sure that you're working with someone that is looking at your plan every year, adjusting, adapting, making sure that you are staying on track because the things you do in the early years really can affect the later years. And, you know, you don't want to get to 72 and, you know, have a hit a point where you can't make changes yeah, no, I think that's key, Lauren. Uh, you know, these things, a, a plan is just a plan. And th there's, there's, there's forecast and then there's reality. And those, those two must be reconciled every year. So every year, you know, we have to look at what we've planned it for the year, then look at what reality is for the year. And did we, did we earn as much as we thought we were going to earn? Did we earn more than we think we, were, we thought we were going to earn? Because that's going to affect us too. So it has, you know, and how much income did our clients take? So it has to be looked at and reviewed on a yearly basis. That is very, very important. Then moving on to the last stage of retirement, which what I would call after age 72. So now we're at age 72 we've done all this planning and we've done all these things. We've made our conversions. We've decided when we're going to take social security and uh, either we've taken it or we haven't taken it at this point, but we've decided. And we've, we've made our plans on diversification within portfolios, concentrated equity positions, et cetera. And what we're doing there, we have our cash flow and uh, analysis in place. And we've done a lot of the conversions from Roths into traditional, or I'm sorry, from traditional IRAs into Roths IRAs that we're going to do. So at this stage, it's really a matter of continuing the process. It's continuing the diversification strategies and continuing the planning. So also, you, we were talking about Roth conversions early on. And once you hit 72 and those required minimum distributions start, you cannot convert a, to a Roth, any amount below the RMD. So let's say you have a required amount of 
$75,000 that has to come out of the IRA. Let's say you only need $50,000 to live on and you want to convert the extra $25,000 to a Roth. You cannot do that. Once you hit 72, you have to pull out that full 75,000 or whatever your amount is as your RMD and pay taxes on it. You can then convert to a Roth above and beyond that amount, but you can't convert below. So that's why we stress in the earlier years, you know, if you're doing conversions, do them then, because, you know, if you need $50,000 steer to live on, you probably won't want to pay an additional $50,000 of tax, uh, in of taxable income to meet the rest of your RMD plus a 25,000 conversion. So once you hit 72, your hands are a little bit tied with what you can do out of the IRA. One, one strategy we do like are qualified charitable distributions. So what those are, they allow people age 70 and a half or older to donate money directly to charities from their IRAs in a tax advantaged manner. So the total annual qualified charitable distribution from all IRAs is capped at $100,000 for an individual. But there's two main advantages of this. The qualified charitable distribution can count towards satisfying your RMD for the year. So let's say, you know, one year you have income coming in from another source. You don't need to pull out of your IRA, but yet you've got a $75,000 required minimum distribution. You can take that and directly donate it to a charity and not have to pay taxes. So that distribution is excluded from your tax taxable income, thus reducing the likelihood of other taxes being levied, such as Social Security and Medicare premiums, if you have no other taxable income. Yeah, great point. And one of the questions we get all the time is, can Roth conversions count as my RMD? The answer there is no, they do not. You must satisfy your RMD. Uh, in addition to whatever Roth conversions you may or may not decide to do. So thanks for pointing out. But the QCDs, the qualified charitable distributions do count towards uh, your RMD. And just think you get extra points in heaven too. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Contribute to your, your favorite nonprofit of choice. Right. Know, clients do that all the time. So it's a great strategy to look at. All I would, and there's many more strategies. Lauren, was there anything you also wanted to hit on? You know, just one other thing to be cautious of and to plan for is something that they call the widow's penalty. And, you know, you've got a couple, husband and wife, let's say they're living on $100,000 a year. That keeps them in a certain tax bracket. And then let's say the husband passes away. The wife is now accustomed to living on $100,000 a year. So the next year when she files her taxes, she'll file as a single taxpayer versus an a married filing jointly. So now she is in a different tax bracket where that hundred thousand could potentially be taxed at higher rates. So that's always something, especially in the later years of retirement to start planning for really paying attention to budget. If you're accustomed to living this way, is it because you're living with two people spending equal amounts or could you cut back to 85,000 if one person, if it was only for one person. So, you know, just kind of emphasizes the planning at all areas of and ages. You got to look at the different 
things that apply to the different life stage you're in. Right. And really, there, there's so many more factors and things to consider, much more than we could ever get across on this one podcast. So I want to stress to everyone out there listening who have a, has a concern about these types of things, talk to your advisor. Uh, make sure you're hitting on these types of optimization strategies to look at saving taxes during, before, during, and after retirement. It's very important. And if people have questions, Jeff, how can they reach you and Lauren? Absolutely. You can call us directly at 713-244-3030. That's 713-244-3030. Or you can hop on our website at greenfinancialgrp.com. All right. That is Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of the Green Financial Group. Subscribe to the Green Zone podcast with the subscribe button right on this page. And you can also share with friends and colleagues, of course, using the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057 and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.